for the love of money. That's right. The OJ sang about it. You know the song, and we're going to talk about it. Should you love it? Can you love it? What does the Bible, psychologist, and even a few experts say about money? We're all about the Benjamins, baby, today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. All right, Big Sean, why are we discussing the love of money? Cash rules everything around me. Cream, gotta get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> you know you totally ruined that lyric. Doesn't go anything like that. <laughs> I ruined it, but you understand my point. People need to understand, like everything else, Arlington, money has its place, dog. Understanding money's place will help you build that spiritual connection and confidence to know whatever path you choose to pursue, money has its role, and you can leverage money to obtain all of your life goals. That's it. Got to get the money. Dollar, dollar bill. All right. Well, we apologize to Wu-Tang Clan, but stay with us. <laughs> Black guys. Dion, the lady with the facts, can you please give us a little history on money? Absolutely. So, everyone, um, I'm sure we all know that money is defined as a medium of exchange. So before we had the coins and bills we've come to know as currency today. The first form of exchange was barter. Next came cattle in 9,600 BC. Then in 1200 BC, you saw the first use of cowrie shells in China, actually. I thought so cowrie we, shells came from Africa. Right, that's what I thought. But they're actually still used in Africa till this day. So actually cowrie shells are the oldest form of currency, just so you know. Um, wow. But it did start in China. They're, these, they're actually shells of mollusks found at the bottom of the South Pacific Ocean. Did you know this? Didn't know it. <laughs> I'm enlightening you today. You are. Um, yeah. And also, believe it or not, in China, that's where we saw the first modern coinage and the first banknotes in 500 BC and then 800 AC. Wow. So dropping knowledge today. Um, but all this to say that we can all agree that money merely is a medium of exchange. But as Corinne McLaughlin so aptly put it, now she's a writer for the Center of Visionary Leadership, she said, money is neither good nor bad in itself. It is a neutral instrument of measuring exchange based on a community agreement. It has the values we give to it through our attitudes and use of it. Wow, that's pretty All good. Right. So Sean, I have a question for you, man. How many cows Will it take for me to get those Jordans you have that I like? <laughs> How right. now, brown cow? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I had, to, I, I had to throw that out there. But, Sean, oh, God, really, man. like... Stand-up is not your thing, dude. <laughs> what, value, what values do you attach? Sean, what values do you attach to money? Like, really, you how know, do you look at it? One thing people have to understand is that Money should have different, I believe, you know, I'm in my 40s and I believe that money should have, you should have different perspectives on money as you go, as you progress in life and as you move on in life. I mean, when I was, when I was a teenager, I I had no understanding of money. So I was unfortunately a consumer and I really just looked for money to buy my dollar rings, buy the latest CDs and, you know, in your case, the cassettes, you know, so I really had no really understanding of value money. You all want to get rich. But, and I asked this financial literacy class I teach a lot. I always ask them the question, if you had a million dollars, what would you do with it? And half the kids have no idea. And then, you know, as you get to your 20s, you're going to school and you kind of literally get an understanding of, of money. And it, it kind of puts things in perspective. In 30s, you're actually working now 
and you're in your career and you're understanding how hard it is to make money. And then I think when you get to around my age, you should be really looking to money as a way in which it's trying to, it's bringing you happiness and how to value that money to get you to bring happiness. You know, a professor of mine said, you know, you have to be like a rat. You have to run from hole to hole and gather as much information as you can, and then eventually the money will come. That sounds depressing. <laughs> why am I? Why am I'm I a rat? To be short. Why am I a rat? Am I running from a hole to hole. Gather as much information as you can. I know. Really? Listen. I, I think about drop it. that think class. About think about it. Think about it. Honestly, do you think Bill Gates? Steve Jobs or Mark Cuban or even Mark Zuckerman, do they think that when they started their business, it was all about counting, were they counting how much money they're going to make for the millions and billions of dollars they're going to make from their, from their idea? No, they were focusing on the idea. They were gathering as much information and they were trying to really uh, build something. And then from then, the money came, you know? See, I agree with that. But the thing I find really interesting is that rat analogy is part of, I think, the challenge that we have with money in general. That feels like the phrase, money doesn't grow on trees. You grow up with that your whole life, like money doesn't grow on trees. Money is a really hard thing to come by. Well, that whole phrase just came about to explain money to children. But it has a oh. dent on you. It's kind of like the rat hole. I'm sure you have a few that you grew up with. All West Indians have money analogies. Well, I have one that you can probably relate to. Um, my mom used to always tell me this one, and it's called... Uh, a fool and his money shall soon part. I don't relate to that. <laughs> I just don't relate to that. I'm sorry. And it, it really, you know, as you get older, you understand it. It really comes down to, you know, if you're a consumer your whole life and not a supplier and you spend beyond your means, you'll have nothing to show for it. And you'll soon part for your money. You have to really understand that a money should allow you to assist, to help you build for yourself, your family, and for the next generation. It's a... It's an a, a, it's a part of an equation, but it's not the empire part of it. Right, but don't you think some of those adages, those adages about money, make you feel sometimes guilty, sometimes foolish? Like there's all, it, it, it creates a thing around money. Well, even like the saying, "saving a dollar for a rainy day." I mean, I think it's a good save, saying to live by, but. But the emphasis should be to put around preventing that rainy day from ever happening. I mean, right. that should be the emphasis. More emphasis should be placed on creating wealth, minimizing debt, and not exposing yourself. Focus on, focus on building multiple streams of revenue instead of saving every penny in the bank. You should be saving and building simultaneously. No, I totally get it. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like all these little scenarios about money create issues around money. Dion, am I crazy? Well, guys, I'm going to tell you. I mean, I think you're absolutely right, Arlington. And I'm not sure if you know this, but you can actually go to someone and unload and try to resolve some of that financial baggage that you might have grown up with and actually go and talk to a licensed professional. They're actually called financial therapists. Right. That, and that's financial therapy is pretty. So wait a second. I, I, I'm going to be sitting in this long chair explaining to this financial therapist. Like, just think in theory. Some of these titles, I, I don't know. I'm sorry to interject, but I'm not going to go to him about family problems, marital problems. I'm not even going to problems about you, Dion. I'm going to go to him, sit down, lie down, and be like, I got <laughs> money problems. And I'm going to pay him an hourly wage. I'm sorry. I don't spend my money complaining to him about Dion. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you got these funny therapists. Well, here's and the why deal. Why are you complaining about making... me? Why don't you complain about Arlington? <laughs> <laughs> He's a whole different therapist. He's a ward. I need a psycho ward for Arlington. He's a whole different ward. I'm just no, sorry. No, but the jobs real. 
that they created America. I, there's a money therapist out there. Please call the show. We'd love to interview this money therapist. Well, listen, let me uh, let me break will, it down. We will. we will one day. Let me break it. <laughs> let me break it down for you. And it actually makes sense. Financial therapy came about because if you go to a financial manager, he's going to say, this is your money. This is what you need to do with it. He doesn't ask you any emotional questions. He doesn't ask you how you relate to money. You go to a therapist, they're going to say, what are your emotional issues? But they don't help you with managing I finance. I money problems. <laughs> I just spend Listen, everywhere. Man. I can't go into a mall without buying the latest underwear. People have that problem. Dion? They do. And just, I mean, just to layer on to that. So, yeah, their role is really to dig in and figure out what are those emotional triggers as to why you make certain, fi- you know, financial decisions. What are exactly. those psychological Can you have a, can, let me ask you a question. Right? Yes. And they tend to become habits, Sean. So, can you, let me ask you a question. an emotional tie. Yeah. Can you have a money problem by spending too much money on a money therapist? Do they, they would acknowledge, think they would, they would tell you that. Think they would say, you know what, you're spending too much money on me and your money therapist treatment, so let's, uh, let's cut back on that. Well, yeah, I mean, there's people who are addicted to therapy, so yeah. what can I tell you? But would the money therapist advise you not to come to them anymore because you're spending too much money on a money therapist? I don't know about that, but let's focus here. <laughs> let's focus here. You know, that's the thing. Early science always gets the rough road. You want to go back to them letting blood with leeches? We could get back to that. The point is financial therapy exists and people truly do have issues around money that they grew up with. That's right, Arlington. The Financial Therapy Association was only established in 2010. So it is, it is still fairly new, um, but by 2011, they already had 300 members. So it's growing quickly. Um, and basically the idea is, and as you had mentioned prior, it, it's really about integrating financial counseling and planning with personal counseling. And really good financial therapy actually happens in collaboration with finance professionals such as tax experts and um, investment advisors. So, hey, man, new science. I'm all for it. They're six years deep. I'm sure they're making tons of great breakthroughs. So, Sean, when are we going to get you on the couch to work through your money problems? <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let me get on this couch with you, Arlington. You know, it, it really comes down to this. And you know, this- Whoa, whoa. You have to get on the couch with me. You just get on the couch <laughs> I mean, alone. Let me get on the couch. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Two separate couches. Your couch is over there. My couch is in New York. You know, right. Um, you know, on a serious note, some people are, are great at earning money. You know, there's a lot of them out there, but they can't keep it. That You still have a money problem. Then there's others that have a hard time making money and are good at keeping once they make it. And some people, you know, spend beyond their means. Some people have chronic patterns of getting into credit card debt and getting out and going back into credit card debt. And, well, and never, Mr. Linda, those are actually some of the co- very common, very common red flags, signs that financial therapists look for. I mean, if you look up um, a certain therapist, her name is Amanda Clayman, she's based out of New York. I mean, you're right in line with what she's saying, Mr. Nonbeliever. Yeah, and getting today's show, I mean, there are examples of money problems fueled by one psychologically and really misunderstanding and mismanagement of money. It really comes down to that. Well, just, just following up on that, John, Ms. Clayman, um, she actually says psychological problems often manifest in money because of issues of self-worth. And that usually shows up as under-earning. You know, there's some people that may have 
narcissistic tendencies uh, that might take on huge amounts of debt, but then resent having to pay it back. I mean, basically, money means in some form or another that your financial behavior will become an expression of your is an expression yeah. of your internal psychology. Yeah, I think some people exactly once they get money, they want to show and tell everybody they have money. Like you know, I, I sometimes I even look at some celebrities like Floyd Mayweather. I don't want to point him out, but let's say Floyd. That would Mayweather. be Floyd. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather. Everybody knows your net worth and you're worth billions, but you still got to wear fifty thousand dollar chains. Uh, have 30 cars because you still feel insecure that you have to still let the world know that you have money, you know, and I've never like, I've been a fan of that. I've been a fan of the person that's quiet and subtle about it. You know, so I think it's an insecurity thing. The more you flaunt it and the more you is to me is like you're insecure and you have to show the world like I have it. Again, Sean, that's a psychological tendency. I mean, I feel like he's coming to their side, Arlington. That's just me. <laughs> All right, Dion, I'm a little confused because I know the other half of two black guys <laughs> with good credit for the first five shows was just railing on about I got a Range Rover and a Rolex, and now he's out here giving poor Floyd Mayweather, <laughs> right? you know, a hard time talking about Floyd's got psychological insecurity and how he's flaunting his money. So I don't know. I think I'm going to need to book Sean a little couch time and everybody else keep it locked to two black guys with good credit. We're talking about for the love of money and it's starting to get good. Okay, so we've discussed the psychological connection that people have to money, but there's also a spiritual connection. And we all know that classic line, man. Money is the root of all evil. Dion, can you break that down for me? It's funny you should say that, Arlington, because if you really go back, so let's really take it back to the Bible. So if you really look at it, it says the verse is misquoted in saying that the money is root of all evil now. But if you look back, it was really the love Love of money. That is the root of all kinds of evil. Jesus loves me, yes I know. Well, yes, see, that's a great I know. song. Yes I know, for the Bible tells listen, me so. Listen, let me I tell just thought you. we're in Sunday school <laughs> right now. <laughs> when you come to people's spiritual connection to money, let's be clear. There are people that don't believe they should have money. They believe they have to give it all away to the church. They believe that having an abundance of money is a blaspheme against the church. So this spiritual thing is deep, this interpretation of for the love of money. And most Christian churches, they go back and forth. Okay, Dion, you go to church for your spiritual guidance. When I need my spiritual guidance, I listen to a number of people. One of my favorite people to listen to is Mr. Robert Nesta Marley. And those may know him as Bob Marley. And um, in one of his interviews, they asked Bob the straight question. They were like, Bob, the, you don't, when, when you're making music, you don't think about how much money or what the money, the, the music, how much money the music is going to bring to you. And Bob said, as he always starts off saying when he gets into deep in thought, he says, well, you know, well is when he's really getting into a spiritual prophet type conversation. He said, well, we don't know how it go. I mean, we want to make a song. We don't know if the music or the lyrics come first. It just come. When we make music, we, we don't, money is not my direct motive. Money is not my, my direct thing that I'm looking for. He said, if money is to come from music, then make money come from music. But it's not my direct motive. And I think what Bob is trying to say to everyone is that, you know, he focuses on 
what he enjoys and what he's doing, the mission. You know, you focus on your goals and your dreams and then money will come from it. Really, it's a spiritual principle. Follow your love. So it's about changing your money consciousness. You can't just chase dollars. Right, Dion? There's books all about this. It's a spiritual principle, following what you love. Tons and tons of books. You may have heard of The Secret, or there's tons of life coaches out there and motivational speakers like Louise Hay. Dion the Van Zandt. But there's, that's right. But the one common thread or one common point they all have and want you to understand is that you are playing a large role in what you manifest in the financial area of exactly. Your life. Or area. Exactly. Or area. Exactly. Re- Reverend Michael Beckwith, who's also associated with the secret Dion, he talks about this idea of the overflowing treasure of the divine. So he talks about living in a state of abundance, not a state of lack. And you know, Sean, it's always interesting because that's something I feel that you do a lot of. You see possibilities, whether the funds are there or not, you see the options and you move forward with that. You don't let anything hold you back. Am I right? You are right, because, well, <laughs> you know, we doing, two, we doing two black guys with good credit, and we both know that money not come yet. <laughs> Money's not here, but we're doing it for the love and passion and communicate it to everybody out there. But if money to come, if money will come, right? But we ain't really focused on the bottom line right now. So if money from Mick, from two black guys with good credit and the sponsors, let money come. But you have to follow your passion first. And once we follow that, then everything good will happen, you know? So I definitely well, as, live by as that. As the great uh, Napoleon Hill said, the author of the one of the best-selling books, Think and Grow Rich, he said, what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. So I believe we'll get there, two black guys. Dion, I totally agree with you. People need to live in a spiritual principle of abundance and not live in a place of lack. If all you see is lack, all you're going to have is nothing. But Sean, you have a principle that I, tr- I do believe in as well, which is your pursuit of happiness. Explain that to the people, Brother Bob. Yeah, I mean, I really honestly take a focus on what is my, what will make me happy and how is money, what role does money have in my happiness? Meaning that, okay, if I want to start a business, if I want, even with two black guys, good credit, where, what role is money going to have? How can money make me happy? And if, take the example of the show. Okay, if we decide to get, start getting ad revenue or we get certain followings, that money can be used to make us have greater shows, hire people, take away my time from maybe going to a nine-to-five job where I can more focus on the podcast and what we're doing here and the meaning that we have. So that's the role I look for money in this scenario. I don't look at the money and say, oh, I got to make... $10 million. I look at what money do I need to make to allow me to continue what I'm doing. And everything above that is just gravy. Right. I got you. I agree. You have to see it to believe it. And as they say, expect a check. All right, guys. So we've talked about people's psychological issues around money. We've talked about spiritual connections and spiritual concepts around money. So now the bottom line comes down to do these theories pay dividends? And I mean, Sean, you and I talk about this stuff. We've talked about it for years, you know, not letting money hold us back, about having a vision of where we want to go, about money being a tool, about how we value time over money. We've both come to that conclusion after many years of hustling and trying to figure things out. So how do you put these to work today in your life so that the people share that with the people at home so they can understand how you really 
put this into practice because I know your inner stories, but they need to know. You know, it's funny. We start to value time when we have less of it. <laughs> so as you get older, then you say, yeah, you're old, I'm, bro. I'm, I'm, you're I'm old. Wiser. <laughs> I'm wiser. Like when I think about taking on projects and whatnot now, I don't really look at how much money is gonna, I'm going to make for more. I more look at what, what's the opportunity it's going to bring me. Am I going to enjoy the project? And, um, and, right. and how it helps yeah, other and, people. And how I know we've talked yeah, about and, and that, And it's a build-up process for me now. Like, for example, I mean, I, I know you know my treehouse story that, you know, I'm looking to build some treehouses in Barbados. I want to give too much out over the radio before start, people start taking my idea from me. But, <laughs> but <laughs> Before you get to Barbados and there's some treehouses yeah, But this built. idea that I had, I really... It's really been with me for a number of years, and, and I build up to it. I, I, it becomes, initially starts off as a fantasy. You know, I find pictures of tree houses that I see on the internet, and then I find pictures of materials, and then I start, I start believing as it goes down that, hey, I can really do this. And then I start having conversations with like-minded people or people with good energy, positive energy, but not just, and not just regular people. I may talk to contractors and give their idea, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I, may t- I, I discuss it with you. Right. What do you think about it? And just to get that positive right. energy, and, and that positive energy, what it does, it builds up your confidence and lets you know that I can do this. This is going to be good. And then you start getting energy and you, you exactly. start living off that energy and your friends start telling you, hey, man, this is going to be a great idea if you do it because then you start saying, well, I, this is something my friends can enjoy, my children can enjoy. And then it makes that project. And by the time I'm ready to do this project, I've built up that spiritual connection to the project. And then I start working out, okay, now what is the cost going to do? What is it going to cost me to do this? And I more, like I tell you all the time, I more manage the downside. I manage, okay, what is the cost going to cost me to do this? How am I going to get the money? And the upside, the profit, to me, is the bonus. That's the icing on the cake. You know, as long as I can manage the downside and it's bringing me a sense of fulfillment, then everything else is gravy. Well, I think the thing that we've talked about before is that when we look at a project nowadays, we look at the idea. So does, do we like the idea? Do we feel good about it? Will it be enjoyable? We look at the altruistic nature. Will this project be of benefit to people around us? Will this make things better for our customer or who's trying to live in the property or whatever? We look at those components. And then lastly, of course... Is and it going to be profitable? Things up. Like people are probably thinking right now on the radio, yeah, yeah, they're in La La Land. Oh, we, we that don't have it, like two black guys with good credit, we got to think about how we're going to make money. But that's not true. If you put this same practice, no matter what your situation is, into this same type of model, then you will be successful in your project. You know, and anything in life, once you show desperation and you have to have it, is when it doesn't work out. So don't think because we're talking because Arlington is 60-something years old and I'm in my late 20s <laughs> that, we, that, um, that this, is, this is something that you can only do at a late... No, this is what you do. If I knew what I knew now, like I said, you get wisdom as you get older. If I took projects and in 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 an attitude when I was in my 20s to say that, hey... You know, I'm going to look, what's the fulfillment? What am I trying to get from it? Then those would be the successful projects. So don't sit back and think, yeah, 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 well, whatever. Think about what can this project give you before you think about how much money am I going to make? And Dion, as we've talked about before, there's, as Sean's the, the photo in his wallet, it's about visualization. It's, you got to see it to achieve it. Right? It's almost like Sean already, already built the tree houses. Do you see what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. though it's still a concept... Mm-hmm. He's visualizing it. He keeps that that picture of the tree houses in his phone. He looks at it on a regular basis. There's a name for that, by the way, Sean. It's called visualization. Um, and a lot of these books, you know, that we were talking about earlier, like The Secret, 
which I happen to read for this show, you know, for research, quote unquote. Um, but I actually got a lot out of it, you know, and I actually said, let me just use one of those those you know recommendations and see what happens. Right. So I actually have a little story for you guys this oh, time. Oh, yeah. So I said, OK, they, they said, start small. Right. So if you can if you can visualize and manifest something small, then you can start translating that to bigger things in your life. So I said, okay, I want to get rid of some things in my apartment. So I, I need a mannequin. I want a mannequin to merchandise these pieces, right, um, that I want to sell online. So I'm going to manifest this mannequin. Well, wouldn't you know it, I would say no more than a, not, it definitely wasn't more than a week. I'm coming out of the train station and there is a mannequin, size six, I kid you not, laying there at my feet. Donna, can you just let her know you put the mannequin there? Can you just let her know you put the mannequin there? Oh, my Lord, business. this mannequin story. I'm never going to the end of it. But what are the odds? It's a mannequin oh, for crying great. out loud. Why don't you mannequin the mannequin? Why don't you mannequin me my tree houses, all right? Mannequin me. <laughs> and that was literally, they said, visualize it on a regular basis. Uh, Think right. about it. What would it feel like? What would it look like? Right. And there you have it. So, I you mean, know, there's a point. I'm, I'm actually trying to reinforce what you're saying, Mr. Linda. You know what, Dion? I, while I do... Take, you know, we take every opportunity on this show to make a comedic turn. But the reality is, I, I agree with you. If you don't see it, you can't achieve it. If you don't believe it, you can't achieve it. And if you don't have a vision for your life and figure out what's most important, then your life's not going to go down a path of your choosing. That's it's just right. going to bounce back and forth from pillar to post, you know, because like Sean said, there are a lot of people that don't money doesn't equate with happiness. There are lots of places around the world where you'll meet people that don't have a lot of money, even very even here in the United States. They don't have money and they're happy as hell. And there are people with tons of money that yeah, are just miserable. Because you, but just there's because also people. reporting of poverty around the world does not go to those countries. Even though these people may be poor, none of them are not. doesn't mean they're not happy. Yeah. You know, one thing I learned and one thing that's always been consistent with me my whole life. And I can remember as a child. Like, it's always been consistent. And if you ever lose this, and I think you've, you've just lost life. Like, I have never stopped dreaming. <laughs> never. Sometimes I wish I would slow down a little. And you I've never I've never should. stopped wishing and hoping and figuring out things in my head and, and trying to get to the next. From when I was a little kid, I was dreaming, how am I going to get a bigger paper route? How am I going to get hooked up with Dion? How am I going to do certain <laughs> things? From I mean, now that I've gotten big, I never stopped Wait, you dreamt of hooking up with Dion? <laughs> Say what? How am I going to buy this house? How am I going to do this? I never stop dreaming of how I'm going to get to the next level. And then I work out in... Dion, you were a dream in Sean's life. How the money is going to be made. How are you going to... Now, how is a plan going to be around this dream? I I hope I'm nine years old and I still have a dream, a goal to get. And I admire men older than me, women older than me, that are still out there trying to and it doesn't have to do with money it can do with like they're trying to get their body to a certain extent to a certain thing like I know your wife Arlington not you for sure she's always pushing herself physically in many ways and I'm sure she goes to bed dreaming of how am I going to get through this marathon this triathlon what do I need to do those are things people if you don't take anything on the show make yourself always dream and challenge yourself and then build your plan around it and see where money fits into that equation and Sean you make a very good point so there's actually a a psychological strategy that that actually talks a 
bit about what you're saying in terms of aligning even your spending with who you are. So as you said, Arlington's wife, Jackie, she's a, a workout buff, a health nut. Triathlete. If that's her triathlete to be exact. If that's part of who she is and that's where she wants to put funds within her account and create a saving to ensure she she maintains and reaches her goal. Th- those are well, our she- funds. <laughs> those, are, those are our bicycles. I stand corrected. <laughs> but she will more than likely stay in line with her budgeting and saving pattern because it's in line with who she is. And you don't want to conflict with our, our pride and our values. She'll more than likely reach that goal. And that can be... You know, this used for the same thing for a woman who wants to or a person who wants to buy that dream home. You'll more than likely stay in line with your budgeting, and your saving patterns. If you know you're reaching a goal rather than just saving or spending blindly. Right. Yeah. So they, you can trick yourself to stay on course with your financial decisions. Hey, people. Psychologically. Dion is speaking the truth. Two black guys with good credit. You got to see it to believe it. Expect a check. Two black guys with good credit. (laughs) Keep it locked. All right, people. This week, my bottom line. For the love of money is all about your level of R-E-S-P-E-C-T of the almighty dollar. Understand it. Determine its proper place in your life. Create your own value systems and set of principles that you want to live by. That's it. Money's a tool. It's not life's blood. It is just a tool. Figure out a bigger perspective. Roll with that. Sean? Well, Arlington, I thought I'd be a little more poetic than you. You know, give it a little more deeper meaning. So my money takeaway is... Oh, let's hear it, Sir Deepness. Money is a bridge. Think of the Manhattan Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, oh, oh. And and don't think about using this bridge unless your bridge is secure, strong. Understand the role of that bridge is simply to get you to the other side. That's it. Focus on using that bridge to get a bigger and better place and ensuring you have a strong and secure bridge. Because if not, your bridge will break, Arlington. And everything you will have will fall to the bottom of the ocean. And you yourself, Arlington, will drown. That's my takeaway. The Manhattan Bridge doesn't cross an ocean. But I'll let it go. Dion, is there anything else you want to add now that T.D. Jakes is done? <laughs> and for all you, I've copyrighted that is, whole paragraph. Is there time? I wasn't sure if we still had any time after that wonderful ditty. Um, I just wanted to throw out, there's some great books out there, everyone. If you really want to start working on that wealth mindset, um, there's Busting Loose from The Money Game, The Secret. Louise Hay did a great one called You Can Heal Yourself. The Power of Intention, What the Bleep, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad Porter, all great books you should have in your library. Please don't forget to email your questions to two black guys, good credit at financiallyclean.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two black guys, good credit. All right, people, I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit, the concise and to the point half. And I'm signing off for this week. We'll catch you in the future. And I'm Sean, the Brooklyn poet, and I'm signing off from Two Black Guys with Good Credit, and I'll see you next week with some more poetic justice. And hey, I am still the lady with the facts. See you next week. (laughs) 